0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: I'm not going to hang with you. I'm not going to work with you. I'm not going to speak with you. I don't even call you brother. That kind of a division. Do you realize that that kind of a division the world looks at? The world is hindered in knowing and understanding the greatness of God's work because God's people are so exclusive and we are so closed in that the world says Man, unless I'm exactly like he is or she is I guess God would never be pleased with me.
0: There are many churches in the world today, there are countless doctrines. So which one is right? Well, what we need to understand is that we can't look to a church or a body of believers and expect them to be the standard for right living. There's really only one truth. There's only one standard, and that is the Word of God. So don't worry about what other churches are doing. Ask yourself if what you believe lines up with what God says. In Him is where we find true unity. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 3. For the conclusion of our message entitled, The Unity of the Kingdom.
1: We have denominational churches and non-denominational churches. We have interdenominational churches and we have a lot of independent churches. We have Native American churches, black churches, Spanish churches. We have some churches that you would swear that they have a sign outside that says whites only. That's a sad declaration of really the body of Christ. There's churches that are located right next door to each other. There's churches that are across the street from each other. There's churches that meet within the same building. There's churches that meet in stained glass sanctuaries. There's churches that meet in warehouses, in homes, in storefronts, and in school buildings. Some of these churches within our area, they have a type of contemporary worship and it's so contemporary that anybody over the age of 30 can't understand the words and they end up leaving with their ears bleeding. Okay? And then there's some that hold to such a traditional style of worship that no one under 30 would be caught dead in the place. Some worship experiences make you feel like you've been at a pep rally or a rock concert, and while others make you wonder if you've wound up among the frozen chosen. (laughs) Some of the churches in our area use the King James Version only. They declare that every other version is part of a great heresy, part of a conspiracy or a plot to destroy the Word of God. On the other far spectrum, we have some churches that leave you wondering if anyone there ever reads, much less owns, a Bible, including the pastor, because he never really preaches out of it. Some of these churches are very preachy, and you feel like you've been yelled at the entire time by a very angry person. (laughs) While others feed you so much cotton candy with syrup dripped on it, you'll leave with a stomachache and unfed. All of this is true. All of this is true just within our small area here in Casa Grande. That's the diversity of the wider body of Christ. So how can we possibly keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace with that much diversity? Do we simply say that it doesn't matter? Can't we all just get along? After all, we're all just part of the bigger body of Christ. Well, the answer to that really is simply yes. But also no. Because there are lines that do need to be drawn. There's, there's certain areas that we do need to stop at. The fact is, is for some of these fellowships or churches, the reality is, is within some of those, we are part of the same body together. And no matter how embarrassing that may be to some of us, it's kind of like our own physical families. Some of us are kind of embarrassed by some of our physical families, aren't we? Okay, come on, if we be honest. That's the fun part about going back to Louisiana. We hear more stories, more stories. But they're still family. And the fact is, is when then multiple fellowships and churches within our community, though there may be a tremendous amount of diversity, do we simply chalk them off as not a part of the body of Christ because they're worship style is different or because their church government is different or because they act a little bit different than we are? Or do we simply say, you know, that's part of the great diversity of the body of Christ. Our God is grandiose in his diversity, and we can see it within all of his creation. Do we expect then that his church would be plucked out with little cookie cutters and everybody is supposed to be the same? No, it's not that way because God uses the diversity of who we are in building his church. Most of these churches, with their differing styles of worship, their different styles of preaching, different rites, different ceremonies, yet for many of them, the basics of our faith are the same. With many of these churches, we stand together with the declaration that Paul writes here in Ephesians Again, back in chapter 2, when he says that for by grace we have been saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. The great majority of those churches, even that I listed earlier, would take that very same stand and say, absolutely, that is the truth. These things we know, it's on these things that we stand. These are the essentials of our faith, and these are the things that we can walk in unity together with other fellow with other churches, those denominations or non-denominations, those independents, whatever they might be. Many of these same churches can also agree with what we spoke about a few weeks ago, the five solas of the Protestant Reformation, when again we stepped away from Roman Catholicism and we began seeking again where the Lord was, was really speaking in His Word. And we spoke about such things as sola scriptura, that it's the Word of God that is our authority. It's not some man or some group of men up and beyond that again overrides the Word of God or adds to it or detracts from. Sola gracia, in other words, grace alone. It's the method of our salvation. It's not by our works, but it's the grace of God. And it's done through sola fide, by faith alone. That's the vehicle or the channel that our salvation comes through. That one of the other solas is solus Christus. Christ alone is the only source of our salvation. It's only through Christ. And then the last one, sola dio gloria. To God alone be the glory in all of our life. Again, we can stand together with a multitude of the churches in our area. We can agree together. We can declare ourselves as brothers and sisters in the Lord, regardless of some of the differences that we do have. And yet the sad thing is, is not everyone who calls himself a church agrees with these essentials of our faith. But this isn't anything new, is it? I mean, the fact is, is that years ago, early in church history, church leaders, saw the great need for the drawing together of what the truth was, because it was, this uh, again, this, these heresies that began to come into the church, drawing many people astray and away from the truth. As a matter of fact, many of the letters to the churches that you have within your Bible speaks directly to churches about these heresies, about these false doctrines that were already entering the church within just a few years of the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Christ. And as the years went on, the church developed particular creeds or confessions to help differentiate the truth of God's word from the false interpretations or the false teachings of man. There had to be something that set as a standard. Everyone would say, oh yes, I believe the word, but in what area, in what way do you believe it? Now, a creed or a confession isn't a bad thing so long as that creed or confession doesn't add to or take away from the Word of God. If it simply is bullet points of the reality of the truth, of this is what it means to be a Christian, then it is a good thing. It's a positive thing. And some of these churches actually use these creeds or these confessions as what was called a baptismal confession. Whereas when when a candidate for baptism within the church, would they would have to come and they would... You have to confess an agreement with this particular creed prior to being accepted as a baptismal candidate or fellowship within the church. One of those creeds, one of probably the most familiar, probably familiar with many of you, perhaps even in your church history, Part of your regular church service would be repeating this creed altogether as a church, again, as a form of unity of faith, a unity of understanding. It's called the Apostles' Creed, not because it was written by the apostles. It was actually written quite a while after the apostles, but what it was was a culmination of the basics of the teachings of the apostles. The version that's most popular today was finalized in the 8th century, and Again, as we look at it, man, there's a lot of positive things that we can definitely agree with. In fact, I agree with the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and I'll explain that in a moment. The third day He arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, whence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. He goes on to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, and I'll explain that in a moment. I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. That's a creed of the church that, that declares, man, these are the basics of our belief and our understanding. And if you agree with those things, then we can agree the fact that we are brothers and sisters within the kingdom of God. There's a couple of phrases or words that, that are used in that that we look at today, and many of us kind of, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Number one, when it says that He descended into hell, I do not believe that Jesus had to suffer in hell for our salvation. I believe that the sacrifice on the cross was complete. When He said, it is finished, it was finished. I believe that when He speaks that He descended into hell, the greater understanding is, is that He descended into the grave. He went into the grave. He was buried. He was completely dead. He wasn't partly dead. He wasn't mostly dead. He was totally dead. And they buried Him. And yet He also ascended from the dead. In the very word Catholic, I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Catholic Church. Some say, oh, I don't believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I'm not a Catholic. I'm a Protestant or whatever. That's not what it means. The understanding of that is, I believe in the universal Church. In other words, that the Church is more than you. It's more than just us. The Church extends well, well beyond us. And beloved, we need to understand that because even today here in our community, there are churches that say, if you're not part of us, You're not part of the church. Some that say that if you're not on our membership list, if you're not baptized in our church, then you're not really part of the body of Christ. Beloved, the body of Christ is much greater than that. What happens when a church, though, or a religious organization moves beyond what we understand the word of God to declare, moves beyond what the early church fathers declared as orthodox, What happens when they add to or take away from the teachings of the Word of God? Are we still a part of the same body of believers? Do we still strive for unity with them? Well, I believe that that's the point that Paul gives in verses 4 through 6 here. And rather than focusing, though, on the differences of man's organizations, Paul speaks about those things that are absolutely necessary for the true unity within God's kingdom and God's work. Listen to what he says, verse 4. He says, There is only one body. There is one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Don't be fooled. There was a lot of diversity in Paul's day. There were Christian legalists and Christian liberalists. There were those that felt they still needed to live by the letter of the law, as well as those that felt that they were so free that because of grace that they could just go on sinning that grace might abound. Paul had to deal with those things as well as the other leaders of the church. And just as it is today, the first century believers were often moved or motivated, impacted, or influenced by their culture. Do you realize how much the church has changed just within the last 100 years? Can you imagine how much it's changed within 500 years? I'm beloved, in some ways, I'm glad the church has changed. I'm glad that we can come together in, again, meeting within our culture. And change within the church isn't dangerous, but the change within the message, oh, that's where the danger comes. The church, the, the organization, the outward trappings, the outward look of it may change. But beloved, the message needs to remain true to what it was declared 2,000 years ago as the Holy Spirit led the writers of this word to give it to us. Back in that day, there were Judaizers and Hellenists. There were those who were steeped in spiritualism and those who were really carnal or logical in their faith. Some focus just on the here and now, while others, man, they had their heads so far in the clouds they didn't have any care or concern for the world around them and both those things are wrong from both ends of the scale even today we find some that walk in great judgment against others while others give too much license and too much liberty yet in the even in the midst of that can we all be part of the same body truth is, is yeah we can and i'll just be really blatant and bold and I feel we do it right, because if I didn't feel that we do it right, I'd change. We'd change. Does that make sense to you? And we're not the only ones that do it right. And we don't do everything right. There's a few things that we still are growing in. So please understand that. I'm not so bold and proud to say we're the only ones that got it right. No, I don't believe that. But I believe that there is a right way to live our lives and to work within the saints. And we are still a work in progress in the midst of that. But he does say that there is one body. And we are, we, that body of Christ, again, the body universal. We are that earthly declaration. And we are the actions of Christ as the head. We're part of that church that was birthed at Pentecost and that is continually growing and impacting our world for Christ until he comes again. Where there is one spirit, one true and holy spirit, not simply an essence, not a but he is the third person of the triunity of God. He is the comforter that Jesus sent to us. He is the equipper. He is the one who leads and directs our lives. He challenges us and convicts us and yet even in that convicting he does not condemn us. Because of our faith in Christ he comes to bring us to the right walk, the correct walk. Paul says that there is one hope of our calling. And beloved, that's the redemption that we have and the knowledge that our Lord is coming back soon. And then that He will come and He will receive His church. Now, some of you may or may not believe in the rapture. And that's okay, you don't have to believe in the rapture because when He comes and takes you, you will believe at that time, okay? You'll understand it completely. But I believe that the Lord is going to take His church. I believe what the Word speaks about it. But I can still have brothers and sisters in the faith that don't believe in the rapture. There is one Lord, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, sacrificed for the sin of mankind to purchase our redemption, to pay for our sin debt. One Lord. And in that word Lord is also the idea of one master, that we serve one master. Please understand, you don't serve me as your pastor. We don't serve any one head other than Christ Himself who is our head. He is our Master. He is our Lord. There is one baptism. This is the baptism in Christ, the one that Jesus spoke about Himself in Matthew chapter 28, when we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's not three baptisms, there's just one. And it's not baptismal regeneration, it's not a baptism unto salvation, it's a declaration of the work that's already been completed in the life of a believer. Paul goes on to say that we worship the one true God, the Father of all, who is above all through all and in you all. Paul goes on in this whole chapter speaking of the unity within the great diversity of the body. And it's not a winking at sin, but it's an acknowledgement that the work and the calling of God in our lives can be different and still be right. And for some, that's a hard thing to swallow because the only right way is the way that I'm doing it. And if you're doing it a different way, then it can't be right. The hard thing is, is because of our own pride, we fail to see the diversity of God and the diversity of God's work. And again, not winking at things that are totally wrong and and things that are blatantly sinful, but the understanding that I can walk hand in hand with somebody who is a little different than I am, who believes a little bit different, but yet on the essentials, they remain the same. So what's the purpose? What's the reason for all of this unity? What really, why do we as believers have to walk in unity with the brothers at the Presbyterian Church or the Assemblies Church or the Nazarene Church or other churches that again declare salvation through Christ alone? Why should I walk with them when we can just do our own thing? Let me explain to you that Jesus himself declared that the world will know that we are his disciples by our heavy church attendance. Is that what it says? No. By our love one for another. And that's not just within these four walls, beloved. He wasn't just saying, uh, John, as long as uh, you and James get along together, the world will know that you're my believers. He wasn't saying, uh, Peter, as, as long as you and Andrew hang out together, the world will know that you're my believers. Do you realize the diversity even of the disciples that Jesus called to himself? These were crazy guys. Crazy guys that probably none of us would want to have on our church board. I mean, you had zealots that were ready to call down hellfire on people that were a little bit different. They even had a tax collector among them, you know. They had an IRS agent right there in the midst, you know. Who would want that, you know? The diversity of that moves much more beyond just within these small surroundings. The reality of unity and love for the body of Christ has to blow down these walls. We have to understand that God is doing a much greater work than what we see here in this place. The unity of the body of Christ is a testimony of the reality of God and the message of Jesus. Secondly, as the body of Christ, there has to be unity in order for us to fulfill not only the Great Commission, but in order that any of the kingdom's work might be accomplished do you realize that the great division within the body of Christ not just simply because one chooses to worship one way and another chooses to worship another way but I mean the division that says that I don't like you I'm not going to hang with you I'm not going to work with you I'm not going to speak with you I don't even call you brother that kind of a division do you realize that that kind of a division the world looks at the world is hindered in knowing and understanding the greatness of God's work Because God's people are so exclusive and we are so closed in that the world says, man, unless I'm exactly like he is or she is, I guess God would never be pleased with me. And the fact is, is that God is reaching a diversity of people, of diversity of styles, for a diversity of reasons. Some come here to... Casa Grande they say oh I grew up in the Pacific Northwest I'm just so tired of rain but you know what we here in the desert we love to get a little rain once in a while don't we we lived in Kansas City for a while and my my wife who was born and raised here in Arizona she got claustrophobic because of all the trees you couldn't see the horizon you think really people that grew up with that man I love the trees I love the trees the diversity of what God has already done, what God has demonstrated Himself. God has not confined Himself in all of His creation, so why would we confine Him in His kingdom's work? Amen? The greatest confinement that you can have in your life to seeing God work in your life is failure to come by faith to receive Him as Lord and Savior. The greatest failure that you could find in your life that would limit your ability to be able to see the completeness of who God is and just the grandeur of all that He has done already on your behalf is for you to shut your eyes, your mind, your heart to the greatness of His love. My hope and prayer for you this morning is that your heart, your minds, your life is open to receive the fullness of God's love on your behalf. Allowing Him to touch you, to draw you, to forgive you, and to make you complete in Him.
0: We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now, we want to be sure to tell you how you can get a free copy of this teaching Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com Our website has today's message available for you to download. For more information about The Open Word or Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we encourage you to log on to TheOpenWord.com Although The Open Word teachings are always available to you free of charge, if you'd like to help support this ministry, simply log on to the website TheOpenWord.com and click on the support link. To make a secure donation to this teaching ministry, your donation can be set up as a one-time or regular scheduled tax-deductible gift. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.